Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from somewhere in the western half of Canada. Episode 80, Self-Kindness. I didn't want to talk about the pandemic again. We've all been living and breathing it constantly over the last few weeks, and it's so much more prevalent and serious than it was when I posted the last episode. I didn't want to dwell on it, so I searched and searched for something else to talk about. Something. Anything. But that search stymied me and put this episode behind, and I realized it was fruitless. Even the fact that I've done more knitting and spinning in the last couple of weeks than in the month previous is not down to any shift in my priorities, but rather the fact that I am isolating at home and these activities that I've loved for so long have become more of a part of my daily routine. So I am going to talk about it again, but mostly because I have something to say to myself that I need to say out loud. There's an image floating around on social media these days that says something like, it's okay to not be at your most productive during a global pandemic. When I first saw it, I said to myself, well, of course, there's lots of things going on and everything has changed and shifted. And of course, we're not going to be as productive outside of our regular routines. My cognitive brain acknowledged the validity of the statement and moved on. And then a few days later, I realized that I had an underlying internal monologue where I was berating myself for sleeping in, for cooking easy food, for not focusing on my diminishing roster of freelance work, for having writer's block about this essay, for not cleaning up around the garden more, and a whole host of other things. And that was when I realized that simply saying it's okay and actually believing it are two different things. I have been grappling this last week with some really big emotions. It's not quite as bad as when I first had my stress injury, but it's been coming close. It's been difficult for me to articulate what I really need, what my emotions actually are, where the feelings are coming from, and what I can do about them. And I know I am not alone in this. Many of us are locked down at home, a forced freeze state, when our reptilian brains are screaming at us to fight or flee from an enemy that cannot be combated with fists and cannot be outrun. Those who are still working in essential services have the benefit of being active, but it comes with a higher risk of being infected and infecting others. As a society, we are running on adrenaline and cortisol. And as an individual who has spent way too much of my life doing that, I can tell you that it is unsustainable in the long run. More and more, I'm feeling like a big ball of tangled yarn, a Gordian knot of stress and emotion. But I am a fiber artist. It goes against the grain for me to take Alexander's solution and cut the knot in two, rendering the cord that composes it into unusable pieces. So instead, I need to approach this situation like I would any exceedingly intricate tangle, with a great deal of patience and perseverance. So what does that look like in practice? It will be different for everyone. For me, I have to start by turning down the volume on my internal monologue. I recognize that my anxiety is high, and that I'm having trust issues and uncharitable thoughts about others. But 
Rather than simply tell myself to get over it or similarly unhelpful edicts, I will instead treat myself with kindness. When I feel bad about staying in bed a little longer than usual, I will put down my phone and do a breathing exercise. When I start to feel edgy after 20 minutes of spinning, I will get up and go out to the garden or grab a broom and sweep the floor if it's raining. When I feel like crying for no reason, I will take myself to my bedroom and let myself do that, then get up and journal about it. I will try to get out of the house for a walk every day, something I haven't been doing, but that I know will help. And when I have those uncharitable thoughts about others, I will acknowledge that they come from a place of fear, and that it's okay to be frightened, and that only when I'm kind to myself can I in turn be kind to the people around me. The easiest way to untangle yarn is to start with an end, but sometimes the ends are elusive and you have to start in the middle until you find one. That is the case here. There isn't an easy way through this time of stress. The only thing we can do is start someplace and do the work until we reach a place of more solid footing, someplace we can use as a base for the work that's to come. When you untangle yarn this way, you have to be careful about how many loops go over your wrist and how tightly, lest you become part of the tangle yourself. Sometimes you reach a point where you can't make that ball any bigger until you loosen off another section, so you have to start from another place. But the worst things you can do with a tangle of this complexity is pull it tighter, which is likely how it got into this situation in the first place, or come at it with scissors and make more loose ends to deal with later. So if you, like me, are feeling this way, make a conscious decision to start gently, with kindness to your poor battered brain, and pick a strand to start extracting. If that doesn't work, try another, but proceed, always forward, always gently, and always with an eye towards what you want to see at the end of all of this. Thanks for listening. This is by the fiber side. Fiber Week. It's been quiet for a little bit now. Our neighbors are gutting their house, so there's been lots of sawing going on. So if you hear something, it means they've started up again. So I hope everybody is okay. It's been uh, a couple of very surreal weeks, as I've, I think everybody is aware, as we uh, we try and flatten the curve on this uh, on this global pandemic, and that's impacting a lot of things. Um, my wedding was cancelled. the uh, The venue that we had chosen and booked the date in September emailed me last week and said that. Um, that uh, our event had been cancelled. So I'm kind of just sitting with that for a little bit. It's September is a while away. We have to see how the summer plays out. But right now, everything's just sort of up in the air. What hasn't been cancelled yet, though, is Fiber Week. Fiber Week is still a go, but Olds College is currently shut down. Uh, Everybody's working from home. And I've been told that they will make a decision by April 15th, whether or not it will go ahead. So 
who knows? I mean, that's only a few days away now, less than two weeks. So we'll see what happens. Um, things are still developing here in North America. And we'll see what uh, what the college decides. But I'll be able to update you in the next episode as to whether or not Fiber Week is a go. I have been busy the last two weeks. I, I started off with, uh, with a bunch of uh, stories for the paper that had to get done. That's, however, slowed down as, of course, you know, a, a newspaper relies on advertisers. Local businesses are the advertisers. And right now, most of them don't have any cash flow at all. So my stories from the paper are slowing down a bit. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I'm really tired. And as I mentioned in my essay, my anxiety is quite high right now. So I've got a lot of work to do um, on my brain just to get that all sorted out. So I haven't been doing much uh, technical spinning or trying to learn anything the last few weeks. I have been catching up on my marking. I had one in-depth study to mark. That's all completed. Uh, person passed. Very good. And I also have a new level one distance student. So we had our first meeting um, by a video. Uh, she'll be fine. She's She's got this. No problem. But doing those things have really made me start thinking more about teaching and, and how much I love it. So so now that things are kind of slowing down a bit, and if I can get my brain back under control and actually focus on something, I think I really do want to start making some videos about just, you know, basic skills and and that kind of thing. And I also want to do some course development as well, because this will not last forever. It will not last forever. We'll get a vaccine and well, the, the medical professionals and the researchers will sort everything out and everything will be fine. And, and that is, it's just what we have to look forward to. So uh, I have been thinking about doing that. And, and so we'll see, I'm going to start with some short videos and uh, <laughs> you'll have to, uh, to see, um, how my uh, undoubtedly passable efforts <laughs> to video editing go. I contemplated actually starting off by making a video of the essay for this episode, because I think it's potentially a message that might resonate with people, uh, not necessarily just fiber artists. And if I made a little video, then they wouldn't necessarily have to sit through my whole podcast. So we'll see. I, uh, I may get on that this week. And getting back to the brain work, I think I'm going to um, focus that by going back through uh, Lana Cunningham's More Beautiful Than Before book. I had started it, I got through the first journaling exercise and the first felting exercise before I stopped. So I think that will be a really good way for me to focus right now and still have that, you know, fiber arts piece of it. But it entails cutting up your felted vessel and that's going to be difficult for me. But you know what? That's okay. I will still do it. So that's basically all there is to talk about uh, for Fiber Week. I'm really hoping to get into a bit more of the spinning and, uh, and not just on my Gossamer project, which I'll talk about in the next segment, but you know, a little bit different things. I was just at the office today um, and I saw my mystery box from last week, last year's Fiber Week. I have a plan already, but I have to, I have to blend the fibers. 
so I'm contemplating actually doing that and getting that spun and you know just experimenting with my drum carter and figuring that out. So let's go on to level five and we are on to yak. Oh yak. I love yak. Yak's the best thing ever. Everything I've ever spun with yak has been amazing. Everything, I need, if I've had it in a commercial yarn, it's been wonderful. There's just something about yak, and, and I, I don't know. It's, a, it's another short, stabled, fine fiber. Much like the luxury fibers in level four, which is why we moved it out of level five when we did the curriculum redesign. And now it's with the rest of the uh, luxury fibers. So uh, what is it what is what is it? So it's a down fiber from from a, a yak. And it's extremely fine. It's very short and it's got a lot of loft and crimp. And it just imparts something. And I and I can't really put necessarily my finger on what that something is. I mean, it's it's definitely softer and and kind of silkier too. And it's loft it's got a, a lot of loft so you get you get a really nice yarn from it. And I don't know, it just every time, like I said, every time I've spun with yak, it's just been amazing. It is a very short stapled fiber. So you do have to deal with it like you would any other short stapled fiber. Cart it into punies or use roving. You're going to want to use a, a woolen style spin, either point of contact or, or if you wanted to do a, uh, an a English style or, or traditional or whatever you want to call it, a woolen. Point of contact is probably your best bet. It is very dark in color though, and that is the one thing about it. Uh, it's usually a, a darker brown or a darker gray, and that means that it's kind of difficult to dye, which is why you usually see it in a blend. You usually see it, you know, between 20 and 50% in a blend with some sort of light colored fiber like a merino. And that's, and that's why, because it is so dark, you need to blend it with something to be able to get it to take any kind of color. Now, the natural colors are really, really beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes you want something a little different. So this particular, uh, for, for in level five, it's been three skeins. So 100% yak and then a 50% yak and 50% wool blend and a 75% yak and 25% bamboo blend. Very different. So your 100% yak, of course, is oh, so beautiful and soft and oh, I'm just touching it right now. Oh, so pretty. Um, but of course, because you're spinning it woolen, it's going to be a little less consistent than, uh, than it would if you were spinning it worsted. When you blend that yak 50% with, with merino, especially a white merino, then it definitely lightens it up a lot. And you can then over dye it to, to, uh, to get a, a different color. It's still really soft, very lightweight, um, because of course merino is, is uh, low in micron count, so it's a good match. And of course, shorter staple. The bamboo is a little different though, definitely. The uh, the bamboo rayon makes it, gives it a lot more drape because of course the, the bamboo rayon is, is quote unquote 
fake silk. And so it has that drape, whereas the yak itself doesn't. So very, again, a very interesting way of looking at this. Again, losing marks, inconsistencies, <laughs> of course. Uh, inconsistency in grists across all three of these skeins. And some spots I just didn't get enough twist in. They were a little bit softer, that kind of thing. So, yeah, just yak is great. If you have a chance, try it and and maybe do these blends. They're very interesting. You can get away with blending up, you know, say five grams or 10 grams and sampling if you have the yak. So that takes care of module C in level five. Next episode, we'll talk about designer yarns. So these will be ways of manipulating your drafting or your color or your texture to make interesting combinations. Again, not something I generally do, but still tons of fun. Fiber notes. Like I said in my essay, I've been doing quite a bit more knitting and spinning than I normally would in two weeks, which has felt really good. I've, I've remembered how important it is for me to actually do this more. So that, that's been good to have that reminder. On the other hand, just because I've been knitting doesn't mean I'm actually making progress. I finished the cowl and it looks beautiful and it's wonderful. And I'm going to probably tear it back. I don't know why I do this. I, I, I should know better by now than to knit a cowl that's just kind of loose because I never like the way it sits and I haven't even blocked it. And I can already tell that there's just no way I can block this thing to make it sit in a way that I will enjoy wearing. So I'm still sitting with this because of course I've, I've finished it. <laughs> I just, I'm not 100% sure yet if I want to tear it back, but I want to use this yarn for something I'm going to wear. It is so pretty. So I'm going to sit with it for a little bit. I'm going to take a few pictures of it on unblocked and then decide. And if I do decide that, yeah, you know, it, it, uh, it needs to come back, then I will take a gauge measurement with these needles before I do that so that I know, because what I'd like to do is not a, an end-to-end, -end, so the short end scarf, but a long end scarf. So you've got your vertical stripes. That's what I'd like to do with this. So if anybody has any suggestions for patterns out there, that would, uh, that would be great. So with that one done, ish, done, I've been thinking about what the next project I should focus on should be. And, and I mean, I've got the socks, but they are, you know, heavily cabled. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And I've also got uh, the Alberta shawl, which is extremely complicated. I'm, I'm getting to the end of the biggest chart, which that will make me very happy because I know even though the stitch count has gone up a lot, it'll actually feel like I'm making progress. And then I have my queen size blanket, which the pattern is very simple, but of course the rows are extremely long. So it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm making progress, even though I know I am. 
So I'm not sure what I'm going to focus on next. I'm just going to have to, I'll play it by ear for now and, and see what I feel like. I'll probably start with the socks because socks are easy. Like I can knit a pair of socks in 10 days, no matter how heavily cabled they are, if I really focus on it. So it it's, the socks is a, is a no brainer. I could probably get through those in a relatively short period of time. Or maybe in my effort to be kind to myself, I will start a new project. I, I do have the yarn, the the pair that I bought for the double knit scarf that I wanted to do. If I just decide on the pattern, either the sheep or the clockwork dragon, then I could do that and and, you know, just let myself do something that's really fun. On the spinning side, I'm still working away on that gossamer project. It's 160 grams, so each bobbin will hold 80 grams. So it takes a long, long time. My Lendrum is still making noises, but they're different noises now. I just, I'm gonna just have to wear it in, I guess, and see what happens. There's not any sawdust on the floor under it or anything like that, so I think I'm okay in terms of not breaking it. But, uh, but yeah, it, uh, when the house is quiet and all you can hear is sort of the creak, creak of the treadles, it's on the one hand extremely annoying, and on the other hand quite soothing. So, we'll see. With any of these things, I can only focus on it for about 20 minutes at a time before I get really kind of edgy and that's partly the anxiety partly what's going on in my brain so again with the effort of being kind to myself I'm just going to let myself you know what if I'm edgy get up do something else or move to a different chair or whatever that's the other thing too we don't actually have many comfortable chairs in this house to sit in for long periods of time so it's not necessarily a bad thing that I can only sit for 20 minutes So that's what I'm working on. It's, uh, I'll, I'll post the pictures of the cowl to my Facebook page and get everybody's opinion on whether or not I should even just, even just try to block it before I give up on it. But I think I'll let it sit there for a while and focus on a different project until I decide what to do. by the wayside. For most of the first week of the self-isolation, I sat down every day and put in a length of floss into the back stitching on the accolade. And when you actually do that, wow, you actually make some progress. I've got almost all the colors done in this section of the princess's dress. Now, I've got, I'm onto the, probably one of the last one or two colors, and the, the one that I've, I've, you know, decided to go to next turns out to be gold metallic. Ugh, backstitching in gold metallic. It's so annoying. And then we had a few days of cloudiness and rain, which made it a little more difficult, and all the other things that went on, and so it's been hit and miss the second week as to whether or not I worked on the accolade. But, you know, Wow. That is a lot of progress for the time that, since the last episode. It looks good. I am really close to moving the frame again, which is quite shocking. 
since I just moved it. So that feels good. It feels really, really good. The sun's back out again, and I'm going to try and begin get up a little earlier and get going with my day. So I'm going to try and fit uh, a little bit of the accolade into every single day now. And just, hey, see what happens. But yes, it's going forward, and that, I think, is something that's really important during this time. So I will have a picture up on my website, and yes, we'll see how far I get in the next two weeks. Thank you for joining me for episode 80. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 81 on April 12th, 2020. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at bythefiberside, that's F-I-B-R-E, at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.